cocaine has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News & World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Do you feel as though you can't handle more advice on health, fitness, or weight loss? Many patients feel that exercise will make their pain worse or lead to more damage. On the contrary, exercise can have the opposite effect, especially for low back pain, and several studies show this benefit. There's even some evidence that exercise may reduce the risk of future back injuries. We're excited to have Mark Sisson join us again today. He's a former triathlete and Ironman competitor who's made health and fitness his life's work. Mark's the author of The Primal Blueprint, and he blogs at Mark's Daily Apple. He's also an advocate for the Paleolithic diet, which some proponents argue might extend life. We'll get even more practical suggestions on using fitness and diet to ease low back pain, arthritis, and irritable bowel syndrome. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, The Pain Community, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. Mark Sisson finished fourth in the 1982 Ironman World Championship. One of my favorite health and fitness sound bites comes from Mark. That is, focus on those activities that will lead to the least amount of pain, suffering, and sacrifice. Mark, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Thanks for having me. On part one, we discussed your book called The Primal Blueprint that details how to be strong, lean, fit, and pain-free, the importance of choosing foods that don't trigger inflammation, and fitness strategies for easing low back pain. Many wonder what kind of fitness training helps the most with low back pain. You know, some studies show that strength training or resistance training is helpful, but what would you specifically suggest? Exercises that you can do on the ground, lie face down and do what we call Superman. Mm-hmm. Just, you're lying on the ground and you're basically with a straight, uh, straight locked knees and arms out in front of you. You raise the arms off the ground, you raise the feet off the ground and you kind of hold that position for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, squats. If you can do squats without weights, just, you know, it's in my own case, whenever I have an ache or a pain, I go immediately to, okay, what am I, what am I doing? How am I moving inappropriately? Or what am I overdoing on one side that I ought to be correcting through some biomechanical correction, not through surgery? I mean, I can't tell you, Paul, the number of times I've had surgery recommended for, for pains mm-hmm. that, that, ultimately resolved on their own when I just made the right choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think more often than not, surgery is not going to be helpful in reducing pain. 
Let me ask you now, how much time your clients spend exercising? Because you've mentioned before how little total exercise time you actually require to maintain fitness, but some of the research supports that exercise or fitness should last more than 20 minutes and be customized. Yeah, 20 minutes, four times a week is sort of a minimum. If you can take a, a walk at lunch, if you can get some coworkers to, mm-hmm. to go with you, or if you can you know, park your car at the end of the parking lot and instead of being close to the front door of the building you're at, you know, walk as far as you can or take the stairs instead of the elevator. Right. Walk around barefoot in your house. Go up and down the stairs barefoot. Those all count as movement. Mm-hmm. If you spent 20 minutes twice a week just doing weight-bearing or resistance-type exercises in the gym, two 20-minute workouts of that is all you really need to do to start to make some serious progress. Now, if you want to get better progress, you could do more. But like we said at the beginning of the show, there's also a decreasing return. So there may be a point at which doing it five days a week for an hour each time is too much. Right. There's actually some research on high-intensity aerobic exercise, like the treadmill, running, and biking. And it suggests that it can lead to less pain and disability as well as less anxiety. So more high-intensity aerobic fitness can improve our health. Uh, Mark, some of my patients love the water and stay away from the gym. What do you think about aquatic exercise? It's awesome, particularly for pain management. It's great. Mm -hmm. It's less weight-bearing. It allows you to get through ranges of motion. Typically, these are fun classes. You know, people participate in groups, doing the water workouts. A big fan, yeah. And there's even evidence that aquatic therapy can improve low back pain. Now, here are some useful pain-relieving tips in the workplace that I talk about. One is taking a break every hour uh, from the computer screen. Get up and just walk around for three minutes. Do that intermittently throughout the day. Mark, what are some other strategies that we can use to get moving during the day, either at home or work? And I know one of them for you is to take a break every 20 minutes if you can at work. Yeah, well, that's that's a good one. Because we, we also find that it's difficult to focus for more than 20 minutes at a mm-hmm. time right. if you're hunched over something. And a lot of times if you're doing anything that's creative or you know drafting a memo or, or writing a report or something, it may take walking around to kind of reaccess some of those creative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting permission in the workplace to have some form of a movable desk, a stand-up desk. And I have a desk that um, I can crank it up or down in a few seconds, uh, tilt it one way or the other. So I'm constantly not only changing the height of my desk, I'm also changing the angle of my desk so that my elbows and shoulders are sort of forced to move around throughout the day, even though I might be focused on writing a book, for instance. And I mm-hmm. might be requiring, um, you know, hours of focus at a time, A, I take the breaks, and B, I, I rotate my desk around so that I've, I'm never in one position because, you know, for the longest time people say, well, you know, sitting is death, and therefore the cure to that is a stand-up desk, but by the same token, standing in the same place all day isn't that good for you either. So you've got to kind of find a, a mix and match of those. I agree. I hope that everybody listening considers greater mobility in the workplace. Okay. Now let me switch gears. Many who have chronic pain end up gaining weight. Their dietary habits change, and they become less mobile. How might a diet that you write about called the Paleolithic diet help? And and by the way, the Paleolithic diet is focused on meat, seafood, animal products, uh, non-starchy vegetables and fruits, and avoids dairy products and grains and refined sugar, and I think even alcohol and coffee. Mark's answer straight ahead, after this short break. 
I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Teva, a leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Health is a leading health solutions company that delivers accurate, timely, clinical, actionable information to inform the right treatment decisions for each patient at the right time. Millennium offers a comprehensive suite of services to better tailor patient care. More information is available at www.millenniumhealth.com. Welcome back. We're here with Mark Sisson, health and fitness expert. Mark, talk to us about a diet that you've often written about and apply to your own life called the Paleolithic diet. If you increase sugars and, uh, and simple carbohydrates, you raise insulin. Insulin is a nutrient storage hormone. If you're not burning off all of the calories that you're taking in, then insulin is inclined to take all the excess calories and store them in the fat cells as fat. So we need to break that cycle. And how we do that is by lowering insulin, by decreasing our access to these insulin-raising foods. Mm -hmm. And so we decrease the amount of sugar, the amount of processed carbohydrates, even the amount of complex carbohydrates, by the way. And in their place, we introduce healthy fats, so coconut oil, avocado, avocado oil, grass-fed meats, butter, uh, cream, nuts, these are all healthy forms of fat. Uh, certainly vegetables are the basis of, of this diet because vegetables happen to have their own natural antioxidants and anti-inflammatory agents. Mm-hmm. By decreasing the sugars and the industrial seed oils, the corn oils, the soybean oils, uh, the canola oils, they're pro-inflammatory. Right, and there are other anti-inflammatory foods that we should consider. Things like uh, dark berries, for example, blueberries, dark cherries, uh, and plant-based proteins, as well as fish, yogurt, tofu, and soy. And to try to eliminate or at least reduce the number of fried foods we eat and to shift away from the animal proteins, which would be different from what the Paleolithic diet recommends, to more plant-based foods and fish. Now let's get back to what you were saying. We are now training the body to rely more on its own stored body fat. Mm-hmm. And the most amazing thing that comes out of all of this is our appetite self-regulates. Now the body becomes really good at burning off its own stored body fat. Three things happen. First of all, you're able to use those fat calories at, for energy. So your blood sugar doesn't dip. You're actually burning off your own stored body fat, which is causing you to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And because you have access to these fat calories now that you couldn't, couldn't access before, you don't feel hungry. You know, I'm, I'm a fit guy. I wake up in the morning. I'm not hungry. I'm so good at burning fat. When I wake up in the morning, my first meal is 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. And it's not because I'm starving myself. I'm just not hungry. And what we say is, if let hunger be your guide. If you're not hungry, why do you need to eat? The whole magic bet- between a, a morning breakfast, a noon lunch, and an evening dinner was back when we were all working the fields and needed tremendous amounts of energy resources to get through the day. Well, we're not, most of us aren't in that position anymore. So I say... The longer you can go without eating, and still be comfortable, by the way. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want people to suffer. So right. if you can go and not be hungry, then when it comes time to eat, your meals will be smaller. You'll know when you've, when you've finished. Not because you're full. That's kind of too late. But because you're no longer hungry for the next bite. And you learn to regulate your appetite, which, again, helps you decrease the calories you take in. And because you're so good at burning off your own stored body fat now, that whenever you don't eat, instead of taking 500 calories off the plate in front of you, it's taking 500 calories off your thighs mm-hmm. or off your belly. It's a beautiful thing. 
and over time, you trend toward your ideal body composition. You know, there's a recent review about the paleo diet, as a matter of fact, that led to short-term improvements in blood pressure, triglycerides, and waist circumference in patients with what's called the metabolic syndrome, which is sort of like pre-diabetes. Uh, you have to meet at least three criteria for that. I think the criteria are central obesity, increased blood pressure, increased fasting glucose, high triglycerides, or low HDL. Note that central obesity is, is what's been called apple-shaped adiposity around the waist and trunk, and that's one of the main signs of metabolic syndrome. I think, though, that this recent review is quite positive. Very positive, and the only reason it said short-term is because, you know, the paleo diet's only been around in mass amounts like we talk about here for the last couple of years, so you're going to see next it'll be, it'll be long-term. I've already seen that in my readers and my clients. You know, there are long-term, very positive health benefits from adopting a paleolithic diet. Now, let me ask you, Mark, how can we prevent the weight from coming back? Because that's the key. As long as you eat sort of a, a lower-carb, reduced sugar intake mm-hmm. and become good at burning stored body fat, you won't gain weight. You won't gain fat. They're losing the weight and keeping it off through manipulating insulin. You know, one of your strategies for healthy living is making time for fun. A lot of people, though, in pain lose their interest in having fun and feel downtrodden by the pain. What's the remedy for that? I get that people who are in pain, you know, are focused on that and can't really enjoy the rest of their uh, of their day. Right. So it becomes incumbent upon us to manage that pain, to reduce that pain through movement, That means extract the greatest amount of enjoyment from every moment, whether Mm -hmm. it's interacting with my kids or my spouse, whether it's a project at work, whether it's finding time to play games outside that don't cause me to increase my pain, but in fact, over time, I forget about the pain because I'm having so much fun. Yes, it's reshaping or redirecting thoughts away from the pain. And we did a show on that topic called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Check it out on the website. We're jumping to osteoarthritis, coming up next after the break. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by The Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. Boston Scientific, a leader in microelectric implantable technologies, used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. Welcome back to the show. By 2030, arthritis may affect 67 million Americans. It's about 50 million today, and it's said that cancer may kill you, but arthritis will ruin your life. Mark, you had osteoarthritis at one point. How did you overcome it? I got it really bad in my ankles, and I got it because of all of the pounding on the pavement and the running that I was doing, and partly a result of the a highly inflammatory diet that I was consuming, mm-hmm. I would wake up in the morning, and even though I was a world-class runner, I couldn't walk for 10 minutes. Wow. I'd have to sort of warm my joints up to even become halfway mobile and, and not look like a 90-year-old man. And mm-hmm. here I was 27 years old, 28 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. The arthritis literally went away when I altered my diet to get rid of these inflammatory oils, the corn oil, the sapphire, the soybean oil, the canolas, things like that. Uh, and most significantly when I gave up grains. So even though I'm not celiac, I had a huge gluten intolerance as well. So when I gave up all grains, uh, the osteoarthritis of my feet, arthritis that was starting to really affect my hands, literally disappeared uh, and changed my life. Wow, that really is amazing. 
You know, several studies show that osteoarthritic pain, especially in the knee and the hip, gets better with both aquatic exercise and land-based exercise. But you have to continue the exercise program to maintain the benefits. What's your feeling about load-bearing exercises? Some of the most amazing studies ever done at physiology happened with octogenarians who've been essentially bedridden for five or six years. And now you put them on some, some exercise equipment in the gym and give them some basic weight-bearing activities. They may only be leg presses of 25 or 35 pounds. And over four to six weeks, they get like 300% increases in mobility. It's very compelling stuff. That is incredible. Now let's talk about irritable bowel syndrome. About 10 to 15% of the population suffers from IBS. And abdominal pain can be horrible. I mean, it's squeezing, it's crampy, it's spasmodic. And I know that at one point you suffered from it. What was it like? Oh my God, it ran my life. And, And I mean, that's the thing that I'm most frustrated about, that until I was 47, I would plan my day around where I knew there would be an open bathroom. Mm-hmm. I had a 40-minute drive to the airport. I would have to think in the morning what gas stations are open with a bathroom that I might have to stop at. Yeah. At the age of 47, I finally figured it out. And, and that IBS resolved, again, forever. But how did you do it? I got rid of the grains. Well, now, there are many grains. Which ones? Well, so I'm talking about bread, pasta, cereal, crackers, Mm -hmm. biscuits. If you look at all the grains that are present in in one's life in the standard American diet, it's pretty outrageous. It is. Uh, Mark, when did you experience results after you stopped consuming the grains? Within a month. When I say completely resolved, I got 80 to 85% reduction in pain. Wow. That was huge. Mm -hmm. The only lingering effects were a result of my wine consumption. Mm-hmm. I drank a little bit of wine with dinner every night, yeah. and I thought, well, that's healthy. I've read all the research on red wine, and, and it's very compelling. It's like you're better off as a red wine drinker than you are as a teetotaler yeah. in some of these research studies. Mm-hmm. But I knew ethanol to be an offensive ingredient, and so when I gave up red wine, the, the remaining 10% of whatever lingering issues I might have had sort of subsided. Good for you. Some things that come to mind from a show we did on irritable bowel syndrome, are that avoiding apples, pears, and juices that contain fructose, as well as reducing lactase and avoiding caffeine, are quite helpful. Also, uh, there's a compound called Iberogast, which is an oral formulation of nine different herbs that have been shown to be helpful for IBS as well. Mark, talk to us now about fitness and how it promotes stress relief. To this day, if I need to relieve stress... I'll go out for a paddle. I'll get out on the water and I'll paddle for an hour. Mm -hmm. Just me and my thoughts and uh, the dolphins. (laughs) And it's the most amazing stress reliever that I can think of. Fitness and exercise and the pursuit of movement have a tremendous benefit there. Um, Exercise is a panacea when it comes to stress relief. Yes, it certainly can be and it's often overlooked. Have you thought about over-the-counter alternatives to pain relievers? We'll share the details Right after the break, I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, a global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Visit TameThePain.com to learn about treatment options for chronic pain. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter or like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. 
Welcome back. Uh, Mark, let's now look at some of the alternatives to over-the-counter pain relievers. Which ones have you found to be the most effective? Fish oil capsules have an anti-inflammatory effect on a lot of people. They're, they're great. So um, omega-3 oils. Boswellia serrata mm-hmm. is an amazing anti-inflammatory nutrient. You can buy it at a health food store. Okay. Curcumin has, a, uh, has an anti-inflammatory effect. There are enzyme formulas that have been shown to reduce uh, inflammation. You can find those, again, in health food stores. And Wobenzyme, which is a German product, been around for 30, 40 years, a great one. There, yeah, there are a lot of these nutrients that we can take that I would sort of prefer over taking uh, the non-steroidal drugs. Having said that, I mean, sometimes people are in such pain that to break the cycle, you probably do have to start with some of the um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories just to be able to get the movement started and, uh, and then hopefully wean yourself off them. I've used a topical pain reliever called capsaicin, which technically is called a substance P depleter, which depletes a neurotransmitter that causes pain. What is your experience with that? Capsaicin, which you can, you can actually take internally as well. The topical capsaicins, uh, a lot of times I'll put them in with a tea tree oil or menthol or something like that to sort of counteract the, the, the heat. It just depends on your, on your perception of heat uh, and how, it, how that... Uh, you know, manifest itself in your body. Yeah, absolutely. And Mark, what's your healthy eating message for those in pain? Uh, so much pain relief can come from just altering your diet and getting rid of the foods that are causing inflammation. You know, pain almost invariably involves some form of inflammation in the body. There's something going on in the body that's inflamed, and that's what's causing the pain. That's your body's, the pain is your, is your body's natural response to the inflammation. You may not be able to cut the inflammation from the sprained ankle that you, you know, you can't go back and undo that. But if you're eating foods that are causing you to be, to be inflamed throughout your body, mm-hmm. if you're eating foods that are causing the pro-inflammatory genes to flip themselves on and cause an inflammatory response, then you would be very well served by rethinking your diet and getting rid of those foods and introducing more anti-inflammatory foods. Got it. What's the best way we can embrace our own health through diet and fitness? The best way is to find an approach that is sustainable, one that works for you, one that allows you to enjoy the process rather than dread the process. Mm-hmm. And that's where coming, doing the research and looking at the different modalities and picking something that resonates with you, something that, that aligns with your belief system. And in my case, it was the primal blueprint. It was this getting rid of the inflammatory foods, eating whole, healthy, natural foods, mm-hmm. and rethinking my movement patterns away from, from chronic cardio, doing hours and hours a day, to fun, short bursts of, of intense uh, but fun activity, mm-hmm. and then and interspersed with moving around a lot at a low level. Mm-hmm. And I hope that approach is helpful for our listeners. In the few moments that we have left, Mark, could you suggest uh, an anti-inflammatory diet and fitness program for those in pain? The fitness plan would be um, find, find ways to move around without sweating, you know, just get, go through planes of action, whether that's uh, yoga would be a great, uh, a great uh, approach for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, finding ways to walk. In terms of diet, well, let's, let's back up one and make sure that when you wake up in the morning, you've had a good night's sleep, because okay. I think sleep is critical to pain management. So yep. find a way to get a quality seven to nine hours of sleep, seven being an absolute, absolute, absolute minimum and nine uh, being fine, non-apologetic, a non-apologetic nine hours of sleep. <laughs> uh, and then in terms of diet, um, it might be uh, just, you know, fruits, vegetables, um, healthy sources of fat, 
um, lean sources of protein and removing the sugars and the industrial seed oils. Mm -hmm. Think about adding anti-inflammatory foods to your diet and adding a regular exercise program that doesn't necessarily have to include lots of sweat. The more you move toward doing all of these things on a daily basis, the healthier you'll be. Mark, it was a pleasure having you on the show once again. It's my pleasure, Paul. And thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.